Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. Does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. A spirit, notice this, does not have flesh and bones. Notice he doesn't talk about his blood. His blood has been emptied and is now before the throne room of grace. And that blood speaks our redemption. Don't touch me. Later on he says, touch me. Very, 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 very important to see that. And later on, when we get the same John 20, we realize when Thomas showed up on the scene, he said, you, you, you touch me. Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas. He said, now you can touch me. So that's what he's referencing in Hebrews when he says, very important, when he says that as the first part of his ministry as high priest was to present his own blood, he entered once for all having obtained eternal redemption. That is a once for all ministry. But beyond that, what really transformed my Christian life was when I realized what that Jesus is still in the ministry. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2. You'll find all of this, a lot of this in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8, let's start from verse 1. It will make it even clearer. It says, now this man, now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Notice this, a minister of the sanctuary. And of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. Notice he says a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. When he presented his blood as a once and all for, for all sacrifice to obtain eternal redemption. That is when God said the, pri the price for Adam's sin in the beginning had been paid. And now redemption could be available to everybody. And anybody, anybody, I don't care who you are. If you are watching online or if you are watching on TV, I don't care who you are. I don't know who you are, but God knows you. And sometimes you can get to the place where you say, I have messed it up. I have blown up my life. I have made a, a big mess of it. Uh, there is no way I can come to God. I can assure you that somebody has paid the price for you, for you to be able to come to the Lord. The way has been made. The price has been paid. Sometimes you can also get to the place where you say, I don't need God. I have everything I need. I have all the money. I have everything I need. Why do I even need God? I can assure you also by the word of the living God, the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to the other except through me. There is no way you can get to the Father on your own merits. Jesus said that in John, John chapter 14, verse 6. So, the price has been paid for man's redemption. And when he talks about ministering in the sanctuary, he's talking about ministering in the holy things. Sometimes he takes our worship, he takes our crude petitions and prayers that we don't know how to pray and presents them and makes them beautiful to the Father. He's doing and undertaking that ministry right now. 
and notice what also what he says thank you lord jesus in hebrews chapter 4 hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 hebrews 4 verse 15 he puts it this way thank you lord jesus thank you lord hebrews 4 15 he says for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness let me read this from the king james i like how he puts it in this seeing then we have for we have a great high priest verse 14 that is passed into jesus the son of god let us hold fast our profession or asking the same thing for we do not have an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity but was in all points notice this tempted as we are yet without sin you see the old high priest of the god's presence was shut up in the holies of holies and only the high priest could go in there once a year now jesus christ doesn't need to offer sins for himself like every year and every day like the high priest of the old but as a high priest he says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmity that means that the things that you are going through, Jesus is touched by it. Maybe if you are watching or listening or if you are here, wherever you may be, and you are going through a difficult time, and you are a child of God, he is touched by what you are touched, what, what, what you are going through. If you are sick, he feels your sickness. If you are going through a hard time, because he says we is the head and we are the body. You try hitting your toe or a hammer or something accidentally falls on your leg and see if all of your body feels it or not <laughs> you will get a revelation <laughs> the hands will feel it the head with every part of your body feels it that there is pain <laughs> so he's saying you he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity he's not a high priest that is far removed from what we are going through but he's touched with it and when he's touched he says that look he's that, that temptation that you face jesus christ sits where you sit the things that you go through he said he was tempted in all points yet without sin he's been here before sometimes you get to the place the devil tells you that the thing that you are faced with the thing that you are going through it, it, there's no way out nobody has nobody has ever gone through that before solomon said there is nothing new under the sun relax <laughs> don't, don't, don't be under pressure jesus sat, sat where you sit right now he was tempted in all points and he make it make made it and because he lives you will also make it i said because he lives you will also make it i said because he lives you will also make it i said because he lives you will also make it i said because he lives you will also make it i said because he lives you will also make it if you believe that say amen thank you lord jesus he's touched He's doing and he's, on, he's, he's, he's in that place right now. Notice again in Hebrews chapter 11, verse, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1 to 12, he says that he is the high priest, oh, I like this, of good things to come. The high priest of good things to come. Good things to come. That means there is a future for you. That means that there is hope for your life. 
the high priest of bad things. No, the high priest of good things to come. Oh, I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, in this season, may you experience the goodness of God. I said, may you experience the goodness of God. I said, may you experience the goodness of God. I said, may you experience the goodness of God. I said, may you experience the goodness of God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Let's move on to the next point. Jesus is now our advocate. He's now the family lawyer too. He's our advocate. We are talking about what Jesus is doing for us now. If his ministry had just ended up with his resurrection, that would have been the end of it. But thank God he stays, he's still a minister of the sanctuary. He is our advocate. Turn with me to 1 John 1 9. 1 John 1 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And you get to chapter 2 verse 1. He says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is... The propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world now he says verse 5 says this is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all first john 1 5 if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us then he goes on to say if we confess our sins let me let, let, let god help us with this this morning now you see the object you see of redemption is so that we could have fellowship with the lord that is the goal verse 3 john 1 3 says that these things we have seen and heard and we declare and declare we unto you that you may have fellowship fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ so the reason why he's writing this the reason why jesus christ came was so that fellowship could be restored when adam and eve sinned they started running away from god and ever since then humanity and man has been trying to run away from god but through jesus christ we can be restored and have fellowship with god god is not mad at you no, 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 no. Sometimes we, we get the idea that God has a, a big swat and he's looking for the least opportunity that you miss it to swat you. <laughs> no, 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 no. The object is we'll have fellowship with God and walk with God. But he's saying that when we step out of that light and that fellowship, we, walk, we get into darkness. And so many times when we don't obey the word of God and walk in love, we step into darkness. So he's saying that if you're out of fellowship with God and you are not walking in the light and you say there is no sin, then you are calling God a liar. That's a big deal. How many of us will look at God in the face and tell God you are a liar? You are a liar. 
Nobody will consciously do that. You see. So he's, <laughs> so, he's, <laughs> so he's saying that if you are out of fellowship, something has caused that fellowship to be broken. And that is why you are in that state and you are in darkness. And so he's, but he's provided a means and a way for that fellowship to be restored. You see, anyone who is truly born again and a child of God doesn't, doesn't want to start their day and sin against God. And if you keep sinning against God and you don't have a conscience, then you, you have to really check if you were born again to start with. Because in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, notice what the Bible says. I like, it, I like how he puts it in the amplified version. The amplified, like he says, amplifies it. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, he says this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin because God's seed, his principle, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him. Who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purposes, purpose. And he who is born again, God is in this word, cannot, cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. He says he cannot habitually or make a practice of sin. If you are truly a child of God, there is a new nature. Your old nature is gone. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says that if any man is any person is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. A new creation is on the scene. That new creation doesn't want to practice sin. No. They want to live for God and to please God. John chapter 2 verse 1 verse 2 he says that Jesus is our advocate if this person makes commits sin there is a way for them to for broken fellowship to be restored so he says that now we have an advocate an advocate is like a family lawyer that pleads your case. When you miss it, Jesus said, look at the blood. Father, look at the blood. And when you truly confess it and forsake it, he says he's righteous and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so the broken fellowship can be restored. Amen. That is the goal. Because God loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to minister to you. An advocate is a lawyer. He pleads the case. One time, a certain young lawyer approached a Supreme Court lawyer and said, what is the best way to make it really as a lawyer? He advised him and he said, look, if you know the law, plead the law. And if you don't know the law, pound the table. <laughs> if you know the law, plead the law. If you don't know the law and you are ignorant, pound the table or do something. <laughs> But Jesus knows what he's done on our behalf and pleads our case. If you are truly born again, you desire to please the Father. One time somebody approached D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was, was, was a mighty preacher back in his days. And this woman said, 
Pastor Dia, I know you preach against worldly dancing and all that, and I, I, I really enjoy worldly dancing, but I want to give it up first, then after that I'll give, it, give my life to Jesus. Dia Moody said to the lady, I, I know what you are thinking. You give your life to Jesus, then you can go and do all the dancing that you want to do. So the woman decided, okay, this is the day I'm going to do it. I'm going to yield my life and make Jesus the Lord of my life. And when she did, four days later, she came back and she said, I understand what you are saying. The one tool to do early dancing is gone, and I don't want to do it anymore. Is there many times you want to put the cart before the horse? Yield your life to Jesus. He will take care of that sin issue so that you can, you, the, the ultimate desire, your ultimate desire will be to please the Lord. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may your fellowship with the Lord become stronger than ever before. God wants to bless you. He wants to minister to you. Notice what he says in Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 25. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 43. We are talking about what Jesus is doing for us now. The present day ministry of the Lord Jesus. Isaiah 43, 25. He says, I am he who blots out your transgression for my sake. And I will not remember your sins. This is, this is, this is so good. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I thought when he forgives me my sins or blots out my transgression is for my sake. Think about it. He's doing it for his own sake. That is how much he loves you. Because he, does, he wants to bless you. He wants you to experience his best. He wants you to live long on the earth and fulfill his plan for your life. And the transgression or the sin is going to stand in the way. So he's saying, I am faithful and just. When you confess it, I will blot it out and I will not remember it anymore. Praise the Lord. If you come to God and you start rehearsing your sins that you have confessed, that is, that is, that is not a good thing. God will say, what are, you, what are you talking about? I don't remember. I have no memory of it. It is completely gone. Blotted out. I pray may you not live with a sin consciousness. May, if they are being tormented by guilt, if you are being tormented by shame as a result of your action, this morning, receive the cleansing power in the blood of Jesus. Receive his ministry as advocate in the mighty name of Jesus, because he continues to plead your case. Three, he is our intercessor. He is our intercessor. He is our intercessor, our mediator. Think about it. Go with me again to Hebrews 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, seeing that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was, we talked about this, was in all point, tempted us, we are, we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Everyone say boldly. 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 Shout it boldly. boldly. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
Jesus is the way to the Father. John chapter 14, verse 6, we talked about this. He says there is, he's the only way to the Father. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, he says, thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, he says this, there is no, is there salvation in any other? Is there any other name under heaven given among by which we must be saved? There is a name given under heaven by which we must be saved, by which we must be delivered, and that name is the name Jesus. Jesus is the only way to God. There is salvation, is, there is no salvation in any other. Christianity, as early, in the early church, they started calling it in the book of Acts, write these references down, they started calling it the way, Acts chapter 9 verse 2, Acts 19, 9, and then also verse 16 and 17. All these verses talks about Christianity act as the way. I'll repeat it again. Acts 9, 2, Acts 19, 19, 23, Acts 24, verse 14, Acts 24, verse 22, Acts 16, 17. And the devil acknowledged it in Acts 16 and 17 and called it the way. The poor devil. And any other day, he wouldn't have recognized Jesus as but in this in this instance a girl was following the apostle paul in acts 16 17 says the girl following paul and, and us and cried out saying these men are the servants of the most high god who proclaim to us the way of salvation and paul discerned that there was an evil spirit talking through this lady and cast it out but even the devil called it away <laughs> jesus is the way to the father in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, notice the what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 2, 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 5. He says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. One person. One person. How can he do that? Because he came here as fully God and as fully man. And in his mediatorial role, he can stand between God and man. One mediator. I want to emphasize it again. You cannot come to God based on any merits. You can only come to God through Jesus. Maybe you are watching in a different nation. You have, a, you have a, another way that is being proclaimed to you as a way to God. I have come to announce to you that the way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And, the, and Jesus, think about it, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He acts in that role. Hebrews 7, 25. He says, therefore, he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. To save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, he always lives to make intercession for him. Say that way, save encompasses the whole program of God. Salvation includes just not just the new birth, but your healing, the blessings of God, the protection. He says he ever lives to intercede for them. Think about it. Jesus is praying for everyone that is unsaved. And this morning, the question is: how can we partner with him in this great ministry of intercession? And pray. Partner with him in that prayer to pray for the lost. Those that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray may you receive the grace to intercede and pray. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. 
And, and think about it. Jesus never takes a vacation from this, from this job. Can you imagine when you, when you, if you were to wake up one day and, and Jesus says, I am going to stop this ministry of intercession today. I'm not going to pray for you, pray for anyone again. I'm not going to be mediator again. I am done. You people, I keep telling you, you are not getting it. I, I've, I've been sending my prophets, my pastors, my preachers, keep preaching to you. I am done with all of you. I'm stopping this ministry of intercession. Forget it. Where would you understand? <laughs> I'm taking a vacation. I'm going on a two-week vacation. Oh, I'm stopping it all together. No! <laughs> Today is my day for vacation. I am going on a vacation. I'm not ever going to live to make intercession for you. You are not getting it. I'm done. Thank God for his mercy. Are you not glad for the mercy of the Lord? Thank God for his mercy. He says he ever lives. Always lives to make intercession for us. Sometimes someone can tell you, like, look, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. And you know for a fact that they didn't pray and they are not going to pray. <laughs> they are just telling you, they are just saying something to represent something. Thank God, not Jesus. Oh, I love him. He says he ever lives to make intercession for you. If you are not praying for me, I know Jesus is. <laughs> oh, glory be to the name of the Lord. That word salvation means made whole. We come through him. We have, when we come through Jesus, we have a guarantee that God will hear our prayer thank you lord jesus our prayer goes through the father and i pray in the mighty name of jesus you see your your, your prayers register in heaven and, and so if you are not praying you are at a dis disadvantage notice this in revelation chapter 8 revelation chapter 8 open the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about half an hour and I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth, and there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Our prayers go up as a sweet-smelling incense before the Father. And when it gets there, it goes through a heavenly transaction. And power is released on our behalf. It's the prayers of all the saints. Don't let that word saint throw you off. When he talks about saints, he's not talking about St. Peter or whatever, some, some other saint. No. In, in Romans chapter 1 verse 7, he says, This letter is written to all beloved and to all of you who are called to be saints. So he's talking about you and I as Christians 
when we pray, oh Lord, my God, your prayer registers in heaven. I pray you will partner with Jesus in this great ministry of intercession. So if you are not praying, you are at a disadvantage. He says, all the saints, it was mixed with incense and then it did not stay in heaven. Power was released on the earth. Every time you pray, Jesus acts as our intercessor and we partner with him and heaven moves on our behalf. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus in this season as you seek the Lord and as you pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may the Lord hear your prayer. I said, may God hear your prayer. I said, may God hear your prayer. I said, may God hear your prayer and may power be released on your behalf in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Four, Jesus in his ministry as high priest right now, he takes our tithes and our offering. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7. Let me read this from the, from the Amplified Version. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 17. He says... Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hebrews 7, 17. I start from 15. He says, and this becomes even more evident if another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a physical and legal requirement in the law concerning his ancestry as a descendant of Levi, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible and endless life. For it is attested by God of him. Notice this. You Christ, notice this. You Christ are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ has become a priest after the pattern of Melchizedek. What did Melchizedek do? Go with me to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis 14. Let's notice something here. Jesus Christ is ministering. Notice that in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 8 verse Three, he talked about the fact that he has to have something, gift and sacrifices to offer. Gift and sacrifices to offer. So in Genesis chapter 14, Genesis chapter 14, we see this Melchizedek. This is the only time we see me in the, in the Bible. Verse 18 says that Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought our bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high and he blessed him and said, Abraham, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and I, I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. 
So if Melchizedek came with bread and wine, which will be a symbol of our communion these days, and he blessed Abraham, then he took the tithe from him. And in Hebrews, he's saying that Jesus has been made a high priest after the pattern of Melchizedek. If you study that very carefully, he says that if he's a priest, he has to have something to offer. He has to receive gifts and sacrifices like the Levites did. And Jesus is now, as our high priest, acting. And when we give of our tithe and offering, let's go back now without understanding to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. He talks about Levi. And, and, and he talks about Melchizedek from chapter 1 downwards. Then when he gets to verse 8, he says here, mortal men receive tithe, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. There he receives them. Our tithes and our offering. And when he receives it, he releases the blessing on our lives. A tithe is 10% of your income. Everything that comes in. He says, there Jesus receives them. And the same function that Melchizedek did, he releases the blessing on our lives. That is what I saw at a very young age. And I've just, I made it, I made it that everything that, I, that comes in, I'm going to yield it to the Lord. And as I've been doing that, he's released that blessing on my life. And as you do that, he will release the blessing on your life. You see, this, that, that is how you can survive. No matter the economic downturn, whatever comes into the earth, that is how you can survive it. That is not the first time gifts and sacrifices register, registered in heaven. Go with me to Genesis chapter 8. Let's look at this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Genesis 8.20. This was after the flood. The flood came on the earth. Then God said to Noah, Then Noah built, and after he came out of the ark, built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal, and of every clean bed, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, Although the imaginations of man had is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. You see, these things keep coming on the earth. There's a flood, there'll be a pandemic, something else will come along. But if you are working in this covenant, he's saying no matter what comes up, you are going to make it. When you give off your tithe, your offerings to God, Jesus as a high priest ministers in that. Notice that Noah gave, Noah did a sacrifice on the earth, but God smelled a sweet aroma. The, the sacrifices registered with God as a sweet aroma. 
when you sacrifice for God, when you give to the Lord, when you, when you sacrifice of your time, your talent, and your treasure, it goes up as a sweet aroma before God. It's not in vain. And God responds with his blessing. Take another instance again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. When we serve the Lord, when we give, when we pray, Jesus ministers in those things. Now, Acts chapter 10 verse 1, he says, Now there was a certain man, put your name there, a certain person, in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devil man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, notice this, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Cornelius is giving alms and praying before God always, but it registers in heaven. And an angel is released on his behalf. You see, angels don't just come around. <laughs> he says, your prayers and your arms have come up. Have come up. And having gone up, heaven responded. God responded. His giving and his prayers registered in heaven. As you faithfully give to the Lord and pray, it registers in heaven. That's an awesome thing. Take another instance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus is acting as our high priest. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And sometimes we take verses out of, out of isolation. It's always good to read them in context. Notice this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Philippians 4:15. He says, Now you Philippians. Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. That is what he was calling seed time and harvest time in, the, in, in, in Genesis. He says, but for even in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessity. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Notice this. A sweet-smelling aroma. An acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. They are giving and helping, giving into the ministry of the Apostle Paul. He says, no church did that. Even the Corinthians didn't do that. Ephesians didn't do that. He says, you are the only church that communicated with me concerning giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. He says, what I've received is gone before God as a sweet-smelling aroma well-pleasing to God. Then when he gets to verse 19, which we like a lot, he says, and my God, and my God shall supply all your need 
according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Your giving has registered up there and now my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When it got up to heaven, Jesus received it. He received of your gifts. And he's standing there and he ministers as the high priest. He releases the blessing on your life. All your needs are supplied according to his riches in glory because of your giving. That is a ministry that he's doing for us now. I pray may you be faithful in the giving of your tithes and of your offering. You are really putting yourself at a disadvantage when you are not doing it. God wants to do certain things in your life, but you, because you are not faithful in that area, it, it, his work in your life is hindered. I pray, but as you faithfully give of your thighs and of your offerings, I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may God supply every need of yours. I said, may God supply every need of yours. May the blessing be made manifest in your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. A sweet smelling aroma. Cornelius, your prayers and your giving have registered in heaven. You Philippians, your giving has gone up as a sweet aroma before God. It registers up in heaven as a sweet aroma before God. I pray may your giving of your time, your talents, your treasure. Oh Lord, as it registers in heaven, may God release his blessing on your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And then finally... Jesus is our shepherd. Five. He is our shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. He is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall ever be in want. No, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The question is, this morning, is he your shepherd? That's a present day thing that he's doing. He says here in John chapter 10, verse 14. John chapter 10, verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Not I was. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. And he knows you. And, and thank God he set up under shepherd pastors to take care of his people and to leave them as well. Are you plugged into a church family? Are you plugged into the body of Christ? Is Jesus your shepherd? Do you even know him to start with? You see, sometimes you read the Old Testament and you, you read uh, this one begot so, so, and so. This one begot so, so, and so. And sometimes you I know you want to skip it and go to, the, to, to something else. <laughs> begot so, so, and so. But in the New Testament, our genealogy is we are of God. We are children of the living God. That's why John was writing to his convert. He says, my little children, if angel to one. But the thing is, is Jesus your shepherd? Is he your Lord? Or, and the other question is, in his great ministry of intercession, are you partnering with him? Are you living for the Lord? Is he your Lord or are you living for yourself? You see, we've listed all these things that Jesus is doing for us. The question we want to ask ourselves is, what are we doing for Jesus? What are we doing for the Lord Jesus? 
Is he your Lord? Does he speak into your life? Does, is, is he a guide to you? Or are you living for yourself? Because on the last day, ultimately what will happen, you see the things that you are doing from a spiritual standpoint, those are the things registering in heaven. And you'll be rewarded for the good work that you have done down here. I pray in the name of Jesus, may we partner with the Lord. And I hear, I hear you on the last day, Jesus will hold your hands and he will say, good and faithful servant. Well done. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. But while you are living down here, today make a decision to yield your life to the Lord. To yield your life completely to him. All the days of your life. Be yielded to the Lord. Don't live for yourself. Jesus is doing all these things for you. What are you doing for the Lord Jesus? I pray may our lives be laid down on the altar. May our lives be laid down before the master. And say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Thank you, Lord. My life is yielded completed, completely to you. Help me not to live for myself. One, you are there as my high priest. Two, you are there for me. Praying for me. You are my advocate. Three, you are my intercessor. Four, you receive my tithe and my offering and my sacrifices. You are there as my shepherd. And I make the decision that my life is completely yielded to you. Are you living for God or are you living for yourself? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Talk to the Lord this morning, wherever you may be. Talk to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. And if you are out there, if you are watching on TV, if you are listening on the radio, on the podcast, and the question is, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? If Jesus was to come today, are you going to make heaven? If today was your last day on the earth, are you ready to meet your God? Blessing be made manifest in your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. A sweet smelling aroma. Cornelius, your prayers and your giving have registered in heaven. You Philippians, your giving has gone up as a sweet aroma before God. It registers up in heaven as a sweet aroma before God. I pray may your giving of your time, your talents, your treasure, oh Lord, as it registers in heaven, may God release his blessing on your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And then finally, Jesus is our shepherd. Five, he is our shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. He is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall ever be in want. No, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The question is, this morning, is he your shepherd? That's a present day thing that he's doing. He says here in John chapter 10, verse 14, 
John chapter 10, verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Not I was. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. And he knows you. And, and thank God he set up under shepherd, pastors, to take care of his people and to lead them as well. Are you plugged into a church family? Are you plugged into the body of Christ? Is Jesus your shepherd? Do you even know him to start with? You see, sometimes you read the Old Testament and you, you read uh, this one begot so-so and so. This one begot so-so and so. And sometimes you I know you want to skip it and go to, the, to, to something else. <laughs> begot so-so and so. But in the New Testament, our genealogy is we are of God. We are children of the living God. That's why John was writing to his convert. He says, my little children, if angel to one. But the thing is, is Jesus your shepherd? Is he your Lord? Or, and the other question is, in his great ministry of intercession, are you partnering with him? Are you living for the Lord? Is he your Lord or are you living for yourself? You see, we've listed all these things that Jesus is doing for us. The question we want to ask ourselves is, what are we doing for Jesus? What are we doing for the Lord Jesus? Is he your Lord? Does he speak into your life? Does, is, is he a guide to you? Or are you living for yourself? Because on the last day, ultimately what will happen, you see, the things that you are doing from a spiritual standpoint, those are the things registering in heaven. And you'll be rewarded for the good work that you have done down here. I pray in the name of Jesus, may we partner with the Lord. And I hear, I hear you on the last day, Jesus will hold your hands and he will say, good and faithful servant. Well done. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. I said those are the words you will hear on the last day. But while you are living down here, today make a decision to yield your life to the Lord. To yield your life completely to him. All the days of your life, be yielded to the Lord. Don't live for yourself. Jesus is doing all these things for you. What are you doing for the Lord Jesus? I pray may our lives be laid down on the altar. May our lives be laid down before the master and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Thank you, Lord. My life is yielded completed, completely to you. Help me not to live for myself. One, you are there as my high priest. Two, you are there for me. Praying for me. You are my advocate. Three, you are my intercessor. Four, you receive my tithes and my offering and my sacrifices. You are there as my shepherd. And I make the decision that my life is completely yielded to you. Are you living for God or are you living for yourself? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Talk to the Lord this morning. Wherever you may be, talk to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. And if you are out there, if you are watching on TV, if you are listening on the radio, on the podcast, and the question is, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? If Jesus was to come today, are you going to make heaven? If today was your last day on the earth, 
Are you ready to meet your God? Don't depend on yourself. The days and times that we live in, these are the days to make a decision and make it real quick. Maybe like that woman that I talked about, you are saying, I want to clean up myself first before I give my life to Jesus. No, 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 no. You come to Jesus and he will clean you up. Maybe someone shared this video with you and you came across this. This is the hour. Today is the day of salvation. And when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. What will ultimately come is alive, live for the Lord. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. There is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. He's still a resurrected man. Don't put up that decision. Make that decision today. One of these days, the age will wrap up. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready to meet him? That burden of sin can be rolled away this moment. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Boy, girl, man, woman, no matter which country you are in, no matter your background, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Wherever you may be, if you are hearing his voice, respond. I am going to lead you in a prayer, and you pray after me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work you are doing in, the, in your hearts. And see Jesus with you right there. And he will come into your life. And it will be a brand new start for you. Oh, I'm excited for you. Just pray after me and if you are that like that and just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. And today, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Make me new. Forgive me my sins and give me a new beginning. Thank you for hearing my, my prayer and becoming my Lord, for saving me and help me live the rest of my life for you. And if you knew the Lord Jesus and you are out of fellowship with him, like we talked about, when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins and restore me back to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And all of us, let's just pray. If you pray that prayer, use that information on your screen and reach out. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if let's all pray and dedicate our lives to the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you are doing for me. Help me as I lay down my life to serve you, to pray, to join with you, to pray for those who do not know you, to pray for those who know you to be established in the house of God, to pray for those who are out of fellowship to come back into right relationship with you. Lord, even to testify and share of your good news with those around me. Lord, I lay down my life for you. Lift up your voice and pray. You are doing all these things for me. I want to do more for you. I want to live my life for you. I don't want to live for myself. Every single day of my life, help me find meaning and purpose in life. The hope that you are looking for can only be found in Jesus. Lay down your life on the altar this morning and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I yield to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray, O oh God, help us to live for you. Anything that hinders us in our walk with you, help us to yield our lives for you. Lord, to give of our very best, our talents, that you've blessed us with, our treasure, and our time. Help us, Lord, to yield it to you. Thank you, Father. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.